Foreign Minister Joseph Wu sounded the alarm on China in an exclusive interview with CNN. Speaking on Beijing's recent military exercises, the minister warned that China was preparing to launch a war against Taiwan. Wu said that Taiwan was grateful for U.S. support, which has included the sale of weapons. But he emphasized that Taiwan was, quote, absolutely determined to defend itself. On the third and final day of its military drills, China sent a record 91 warplanes near Taiwan, 54 of which crossed the median line of the Taiwan Strait. A day after the exercise concluded, Foreign Minister Joseph Wu condemned China's actions in an interview with U.S. news outlet CNN. Is Beijing, in your view, threatening Taiwan with war? Yes, indeed. Uh, look at the military exercises and also their rhetoric. Uh, they seem to be uh, trying to get ready uh, to launch a war against Taiwan. Wu quoted the United Nations Charter, saying that settlement of international disputes should be resolved by peaceful means. He said that China was doing the opposite. And China is through coercion, military threat, and the threat to use force against Taiwan. And these are unacceptable. And therefore, the Taiwanese government look at the Chinese military threat as something that cannot be accepted, and we condemn it. When asked if Taiwan had the weapons needed to defend itself, Wu responded in the affirmative. Uh, we have been uh, procuring military uh, arsenals from the United States for a long time. And when uh, President Biden was in office all these years, they have announced nine batches of arms sale to Taiwan. And we have also been increasing our military training. Uh, so that we are ready at any moment. Wu said that in times of war, determination was sometimes more important than military hardware. He said the people of Taiwan would be ready to defend their country at any moment. I would say that Taiwan is absolutely determined to fight for our own freedom and to fight for our sovereignty. And we are ready to defend ourselves. Wu asked the international community to urge China against the use of force, as a war would bring destruction not just to Taiwan. TSMC may be pumping the brakes on its Taiwan expansion, despite increasing its investments overseas. The tech news outlet DigiTimes reports that TSMC is slowing down its Kaohsiung project amid weakening demand. Originally, TSMC aimed to build 7 and 27 nanometer wafer fabs at Kaohsiung's Nanzi Technology Industrial Park, but both projects have fallen behind schedule. The company has not commented on the setbacks, but government officials say that TSMC's investment plans are still on track. TSMC's Kaohsiung investment plan has not changed. Regarding TSMC's Kaohsiung project, the construction involved is all progressing smoothly. I believe that Kaohsiung is absolutely the best partner for TSMC's efforts to invest in Taiwan. Due to global inflation, there may be adjustments to the timelines. Adjustments are being made by the company in response to international market conditions. TSMC will hold an earnings call next week. At the time of the earnings call, the company will clarify the relevant details. TSMC's commitment to investing in Kaohsiung is unchanged. This is very clear. The related construction work is ongoing. We wholeheartedly welcome TSMC's investments across Taiwan. We, the government, will provide assistance whenever it is needed.
TSMC also has a 28-nanometer project in Japan. The plant is reportedly right on track and set for mass production by the end of next year. Industry sources say that TSMC will forge ahead with its Kaohsiung facilities, but it might use them for different wafer processes than initially planned. Taiwan's automotive mega show opened its doors on Wednesday, featuring over 2,000 booths with the latest in automotive electronics, car parts, and accessories. Among the highlights are Honghai's latest electric vehicles. Hotai Motors is also making waves with its innovations in hydrogen cars. The two-in-one expo called Taipei Empa and Autotronics Taipei will take place from April 12 to 15 at the Taipei Nangang Exhibition Center. A Japanese auto giant unveils its latest hydrogen car. Equipped with three hydrogen tanks and a fuel cell, the car generates electricity from a chemical reaction between hydrogen and oxygen that produces no emissions but water. It's been dubbed the most eco-friendly car yet. Its hydrogen tanks can be refilled in just three to five minutes, giving the vehicle a range of 750 kilometers. This technology has been applied beyond small passenger vehicles. Hydrogen buses are already used in many European cities. Trends in EVs signal that the output value of the automotive electronics sector will hit 600 billion NT by 2025. So the automotive electronics sector could be Taiwan's next trillion NT industry. Another automaker showed off a 12-meter electric bus, the first of its kind in Taiwan. It uses in-wheel motors with lithium-titanium oxide batteries, which charge from 20% to 80% in just 15 minutes and allow the bus to travel more than 500 kilometers in one day. Honghai is also making inroads into EV supply chains, and it showed three new EV models at the expo. Next year will be a year of more significant growth. The more affordable model may enter production in the U.S. We're also working on setting up plants in Thailand, which we expect will enter mass production next year. Production capacity will be 50,000 units initially, and that will gradually increase to 150,000. According to industry experts, electric vehicle sales could surpass 30 million units globally by 2030, with output value of 900 billion U.S. dollars. Leading car makers and parts suppliers are stepping up to secure their place in the booming EV market. The World Health Assembly is due to reconvene this year in Geneva on May 21st. Taiwan does not have an official place at the event due to the exclusionary strategies of Beijing. But lots of Taiwanese groups will be in Geneva to take part anyway. Dr. Jiang Guanyu will lead a health diplomacy forum, enabling exchanges between Taiwanese doctors and their peers from abroad and many other private groups, including an association of Taiwanese business people in Switzerland, will join together in a march to demand Taiwan's inclusion in the global community. They are represented by Goodwill Ambassador and travel influencer Angie, who says there's still time to get in touch and join the fun. Thank you! Angie lifts up a Taiwanese flag to support Taiwan's participation in the World Health Assembly. She was part of the march at the WHA in Geneva last May. 
This year, she wants to get even more people to Geneva to amplify the message. Taiwan has excellent health care, and we can help other countries. We should join the World Health Assembly, and we should be able to have a mutual exchange with others on an equal level about health issues. Travel lover Angie was on a European tour when she ended up a part of the WHA march last year by coincidence. Since then, she's been filled with a mission, and this year she's the goodwill ambassador of the Taiwanese Association in Switzerland. She hopes more private groups will still join the planned protest. I hope we can grow to a group of 500 people or more. We'll start with a welcome party on May 19th. Everyone who has come to support us in Geneva will be invited to a dinner held by the head of the association, Mr. Xie Jing. And on the morning of May 20th, we will hold the march near the broken chair in Geneva. Delegations from the Taiwanese Association in Switzerland and various private groups have recently paid visits to lots of local government officials. All their talks and marches aim to get Taiwan a seat at the WHA. Taipei doctor Jiang Guanyu has also announced he will lead a group of physicians to Geneva in May to conduct exchanges with experts from all over the world. A group of 30 will go to Geneva to participate in WHA fringe events. We will hold a global health diplomacy forum in their ballroom, and we will take that opportunity to speak up together in support of Taiwan joining the structures of the World Health Organization. As the WHA reconvenes in Geneva this year, hundreds of Taiwanese people will be in the city to join in the global exchange of knowledge and inspiration, and to stand up for Taiwan's right to participate in the global community. It is official. The DPP has announced Vice President Lai Qingde as its nominee in the 2024 presidential election. At a Wednesday press conference, Lai promised to win by a landslide. He also pledged to help his party secure a majority in the legislature. Speaking on cross-strait affairs, Lai emphasized that there was no need for Taiwan to declare independence as it was already a sovereign independent country. The DPP has formally nominated Lai Qingde for the 2024 presidential election. At a Wednesday press conference, Lai spoke before a crowd of executive committee members, local elected officials and directors of the DPP's local offices. I'll lead all DPP legislative candidates in connecting with progressive forces in society to achieve our goals for the 2024 race. The first is for us to win the presidency by a landslide. The second is to win a legislative majority. Lai said that democracy was at the center of his campaign and that he will work toward democratic unity, democratic governance and democratic peace. As a self-declared pragmatic Taiwan independence worker, he reiterated his stance on cross-strait affairs. Taiwan Taiwan has its own land and people. It is already a sovereign, independent country, so there is no need to otherwise declare independence. The ROC and the PRC are not subordinate to each other. A majority of the population opposes unification with China and does not accept the One China Principle, the 1992 Consensus, or One Country, Two Systems. At the same time, the choice in 2024 is not one between war and peace. It is one between democracy and autocracy. Lai said that as head of state, he would continue his predecessor's policies. Under the leadership of President Tsai Ing-wen, the world has seen Taiwan and affirmed Taiwan. 
we will walk on a similar road so that Taiwan's democracy remains strong. With its presidential candidate finalized, the DPP has got a head start in campaigning for next year's elections. The Taipei city government has announced a taxi subsidy program for expectant mothers. The program will grant up to 250 NT per taxi ride during pregnancy and for six months postpartum for up to 8,000 NT in total. This nearly 40 million NT plan is facing backlash from some city councillors who say it is reckless spending that threatens the budget of other city programs. The subsidy will launch in July if approved by the city council. For pregnant women going to their prenatal checkups, taxi fare can add up fast if they can't drive or take public transport. But in Taipei, moms-to-be could soon have a reason to celebrate. Taipei Mayor Zhang Wan'an has announced a taxi subsidy program for pregnant women. We're launching a taxi program for pregnant women. This not only fulfills a campaign promise I made last year, but it is also outlined in our city government white paper. Compared to other programs, ours has the longest duration as women become eligible during pregnancy. Secondly, we offer the highest amount of subsidy. The subsidy covers up to 250 NT per trip for up to 8,000 NT per pregnancy. When I was pregnant, I sometimes drove myself around. Other times I took a taxi, which would cost around 300 or 400 NT per trip. Will this increase the birth rate? Who knows? But it will certainly be helpful for those who are already pregnant or have children. The cab subsidy is set to launch in July. It will be open to people whose households are registered in Taipei and who hold a government-issued pregnant women's health manual. They can access the subsidy by registering on the Taipei Pass mobile app and by booking their rides in advance. Some 7,000 pregnant women are expected to benefit from the program, which is open to all income levels and will cost 39.2 million NT. The budget has already been allocated and awaits city council review. It's clear that this is a comprehensive measure to ease the financial burden on young parents. It could also attract residents from other cities and counties to register their households in Taipei. This kind of reckless spending is already affecting and squeezing other budget allocations. Unless the mayor is willing to pay for it using his 700 million NT reserve fund, Taipei City still has external debts. We want Mayor Jiang Wan'an to do more than write empty checks. The councillor said the city should rethink how it pays for the program in light of how other budgets are affected. Today, we meet a musician pursuing a unique musical marriage of India and Taiwan. Akash Dabi plays the tabla, a traditional Indian instrument, a bit like the bongos. He has been living in Taiwan for three years and loves to collaborate with musicians from traditions all over the world. He and his Indian instrument ensemble have even adapted classical Chinese songs for the Indian orchestra. He spoke to us about the unique history and the beauty of the tabla and what fires him up about making music in Taiwan. His left hand keeping the beat, his right hand flying through a complex rhythm, tabla player Akash Dubey shows off the traditions of classical Indian music. 
He is accompanied by another Indian instrument, the sitar. Tabla is coming from very traditional instrument, mridangam. Modify the instrument for different uh, music and all, so it, but it still is thousands of years old. Different rhythmic patterns, traditional ones, modern ones, and how much you can explore you, is like an ocean. The tabla is a North Indian instrument composed of a pair of drums, one large and low-pitched, the other small and high-pitched. Both drums are made of wood and metal with sheepskin drum heads. The center and sides of the drums are struck with the palm or fingers to create a wide variety of different notes and timbres. Akash has been performing for 19 years and promoting Indian music while living in Taiwan for the last three years. I came to Taiwan, I realized I should do some collaboration with different style of music. I made the different artists here and try to collaborate with Chinese music, with Western music and different. Here, Akash and his collaborators perform a classic Chinese folk song, Mo Li Hua, on the tabla and Vina zither. They are rediscovering Taiwan's music traditions while bringing the beauty of India to their new home. And in Jai County, a small village has become known as a pink paradise. After 11 years of assiduous planting, there are thousands of pink shower trees lining the roads of Ilong Village. The trees bloom for a whole month, so flowers will be out until early May. The locals have a festival of flowers in April and May and hope to attract more visitors to sample the rural delights of Juqi Township. A sea of pink petals extends down the roadside as far as the eye can see. This is the village of Ilong in Jai's Juqi Township. It becomes a fairyland with the blossoming of the pink shower tree. You can come down to Ilong village to see the pink shower trees covering all the mountains and valleys. The flowers are only about 50% out now, so basically they will get even more spectacular and beautiful as time goes on. The pink shower tree is special because it likes to grow at low altitudes, blossoms late in spring, and has an exceptionally long blossoming period. It usually bursts into bloom after tomb sweeping festival, and the branches are laden with flowers for a whole month. It was the dream of the village head. Over such a long time, the last 11 years, they managed to create an enormous impact and spread the power of beauty. Local village chief Ye Hong is the one who first had a vision of Ilong awash with pink. Over the last 11 years, he planted more than 3,000 pink shower trees on five hectares of his own hillside land. Now, each year in April and May, the small village becomes a pink paradise. Ye plans to start planting orange daylilies to bring even more botanical tourism to the area. We turn on street lamps at dusk. We want people to be able to come here and enjoy the flowers, to come and visit our small farmer's market and drink a cup of coffee. Everyone is welcome. Locals hope the ocean of flowers will make Ilong stand out as a tourist destination, while also bringing knock-on benefits for other small towns and villages in the area.